Welcome, everybody, to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast by Beach Commute. Today, we've got Jeff and Marissa, and we're going to talk about something that we've maybe neglected a little bit over our time on this podcast. And that's 11, we found 11 ways to find cheap flights as a digital nomad. Uh, racked our brains. We've been doing this for a long time. And we've got some tips that I think we can probably help you with. And uh, this came about, actually, I don't think it was, Marissa, it wasn't really our idea, was it? Did we get, did we get a suggestion from the audience or something? Yeah, someone wrote us in, which we love so much, because we, Jeff and I talk all the time about, like, don't book your flights way in advance, you know, get somewhere first, and then we're always talking about, oh yeah, I met someone, and then we wanted to go there, so, you know, a week or two in advance, we just booked our flight there, and someone wrote in with such a great question, so it's like, that sounds nice, but like, how are you finding affordable flights, like, how how are you logistically getting to these places with such short notice, so that inspired us to say, oh yeah, that's a good point, people probably don't understand that you actually can find really affordable flights within, again, we try, it's best, I would say, if you can do it like two weeks before you're going to somewhere else. Sometimes I I do it the day day before, two days before, it's not the most ideal. But you don't have, I think there's like, people believe that you have to book a flight two to three months in advance if it's, especially if it's international. And it's sometimes ideal, you know, if you really know you're going somewhere like on that one vacation a year, but living as a digital nomad, You're much more on the go. It's very different. So we wanted to share the 11 ways that we do this. So kind of with anything, Jeff and I are doing this subconsciously, but we love when someone asks us these questions because we're like, okay, what is the system? Like, what are the ways that we actually do this ourselves? And it forces us to sort of think through what are the ways that we have creatively done this? Yeah, I kind of got this subconscious checklist that I didn't even realize was a thing. So I could do all of these tiny little things. And we were talking, Marissa and I were talking before we started this podcast. Are we, are we experts in this, in this area? No, we're, we're not experts in this area. Like there are, there are (laughs) flights, there are points people out there that like live in, they've gamify it and they really turn it into a passion and they know how to do this stuff transferring points, buying points and transferring and transferring. It's like, yes, there are people out there who are yes. going quote like experts <laughs> in this, but having done this so long and looking at the list that we built out as we were just kind of brainstorming, um, realized that we actually are pretty decent at this. Yeah. And there, there are a lot of different <laughs> techniques you can use yeah. to get, good deals. What I like about this specifically, as Jeff just said, I was like, are we the ones qualified? Like we are not the points experts. We are not this, but I think it actually makes us more qualified because most, I would say most people aren't going to take the time learning how to book with points and all of the miles and things. I mean, there's ways you can literally just kind of book a flight with your miles, but if you're really gamifying the system, it takes, it feels like a full-time job to me. So that's not what this episode is about. We will bring on an expert at some point uh, to talk about that for those of you who are interested, but this is actually like for the average Joe, (laughs) the average Jane or whatever you want to call it. If you were like me and Jeff, where you don't want to take the time to learn about all the points or things, and not every country has the same, you know, credit card points and all of that. So these are just real ways that anyone can book. And I actually, Jeff, just thought of a number 12 bonus. That's one of my weirdest favorites that I sometimes forget right, to do, that I'm going to add at the end. Let's, so let's I, I wrote it down. I wrote it down. So we'll do a bonus number 12. Wait till the end, guys, if you want to hear because it, it's actually a, one of the weirdest ways to save money and works. And I, I forget to do it sometimes. Yeah. So I'm going to use my own checklist for yeah. this <laughs> next time. But yeah, you want to kick it off with number is one, Jeff? Probably the most obvious, and it's it's the place that I always start, is Google Flights. Uh, so Google Google Flights is, is helpful yes. because if you haven't used it before, it aggregates all of the different airlines, whatever time frame you're looking looking at to where you're going, round trip or one way, and it'll tell you what all of the up-to-date flight price information is. It gives you all the information you need to know, like where are the, where are the connections, how long are your layovers, um, what is the total flight time, what is the cost, and they're actually, it's pretty good. I'd say like 99% of the time, the price that they give you is the price that you'll actually find on the website. Occasionally, you'll see like a little bit of a mismatch if there's like a a bit of a timing disconnect there. But it does a really good job with that. So you get up-to-date price information. It will also give you like a spectrum of how expensive that flight is relative to other times of the year. So it'll tell you, hey, you're paying a really expensive price right now or you're paying a normal price or you're paying uh, a, (laughs) a really cheap price. 
And then the last thing I want to say on that is you can set up alerts. And you can set up alerts for specific days or time frames, which I think Marissa should talk about a little bit in a point coming up here. So you can set like from date X to date Y, I'm thinking about going to a specific place. And it'll send you an alert, be like, hey, <laughs> prices dipped or prices went up kind of thing. So it's, it's kind yeah. of like just yeah. a really good first stop if I want to book. Just, just get it low. Just kind of get yeah. a lay of the land. Like, okay, here's, here's kind of roughly what I'm looking at for any, any range. Is that usually where you start Google Flights, or do you start somewhere else? A hundred percent. Yeah. No, that's a, a great point. It's great that we did that as number one. I always start with Google Flights as well, just to see like, what am I looking at? If I somewhere I want to go, is it like thirteen hundred dollars ish, or is it like a hundred dollars? Too like sometimes I just literally have no idea. So I always start with Google Flights because, like you said, you can kind of see all the different, like, wait, you know, the, the different airlines and things that are happening. I also set alerts. I love, you had it in the most digital nomad phrase, which is like, I'm thinking about maybe going to this place. And then you can start to get alerts, right? So it's like the non-committal way where like, I'm just, you just toggle a little button for your search, the days, the times, the flights, whatever it is. And then, like you said, it's nice because you get alerts where, you know, maybe I've forgotten I even wanted to go. And two weeks later, it's like, oh, the flight dropped. Like, maybe I should book this flight. Cool. Or, like, it's gone up and I'm like, all right, maybe we're not going there anymore, you know? Sometimes it'll shape my my trips, too. I was looking from Romania to I got a three-week gap. It's like, okay, it was going to be, I can't remember where it was, but the flight sucked. I'm like... Okay, I'm just not going to go there because the flight were, the flights were so bad, you know. So just, just using not, yeah. Google Google Flights will actually yeah. maybe shape your trip. It's like if you're trying to go somewhere that should be a two-hour flight yeah. and you've got an eight-hour layover is the best thing you can do. Like, okay, maybe not. Maybe I'll spend <laughs> like, three no, weeks somewhere you. else. It's, it's, yeah, really good starting point. Yeah, so with number two, um, this is one may, some people might be familiar with, some people might not. But one of the our favorite ways to kind of look at flights is a company called Going. They used to be called Scotch Cheap Flights. There's a couple of other different companies like this. But basically, you put in your destination, and it will tell you like if there's crazy flight prices that drop for something. So let's say you had no plans to go to Hawaii and suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, there was some mistake there. It's like $200 from your airport and you can fly, like, you're like, great. All right, that sounds good. I always wanted to go, but I hadn't thought about it. So it's just a cool way to get deals that like their full-time jobs that I always say, like the way that we scan the, all of the internet land to find remote jobs, they're doing the same thing for cheap flights. So they're like our equivalent, I like to think, uh, instead of remote jobs, they're looking for flights and send out those cheap flight deals. So it's just a cool way to get ideas to your inbox. And we'll include a link um, to that in our show notes as That's well. That's pretty so good. I like that one two. because it feels like you're getting a steal sometimes. Like, here's an accident or, oh, my God, this this you flight are, dropped yeah. to you, like insanely low levels. And you get in there and it's like, I don't know, it's, it feels yeah. good sometimes getting that really good deal. It feels like a lot of times you you're getting screwed by the airline sometimes yes. like oh you gotta check your bag it's an extra 120 bucks and when you can yeah. get that back on them you're like ah <laughs> all right there's a little yes. yeah, get a little bit of flight justice <laughs> i feel like you love to like stick it to the man you're like all of those corporations this you're like no <laughs> take that so yeah that's a cool number two now that you got me fired up i want to do a whole episode of you just going off for an hour i'm just gonna like poke, poke <laughs> the bear and ask you questions <laughs> Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited. All right. So with that one, Jeff, what's number three on the list? Uh, we talk about this all the time. Not officially as a podcast topic yet, but it's buying one-way tickets. <laughs> and actually just kind of yeah. toggling back and forth and checking what the price difference is between a one-way ticket to your destination and a round-trip ticket to your destination without an intention of returning <laughs> let me unpack that a little bit here we recommend one-way tickets yeah. a lot because your plans change people go onward to new places that sound interesting and if you got a return ticket like okay it limits your your potential it limits your opportunities to go to new cool places and it is a little bit more confining so usually we're recommended yeah. for that purpose um, we also sometimes recommend it because it can be cheaper than getting a round trip ticket. Sometimes if you like, even if I have an intention of returning, if I buy a one-way ticket there and a one-way ticket back, it can actually be cheaper. You, I have in the past bought a round trip ticket without returning 
to a place because it was actually cheaper than a one-way ticket. So yeah. just, I guess the tip on this one isn't necessarily yeah. one-way tickets, but just toggle between one-way tickets and round-trip tickets with the intention yeah. of staying because there can be pretty pretty drastic <laughs> price price changes. I remember that one I was I was flying back from Dublin yeah. to the States and I think the one way was around 800 bucks, but if I bought a round trip ticket I was flying 550 or or 600 bucks. Was, I didn't try to put any thought into it. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Just buy a round trip ticket and and ghost fly it back. Just send a send it. Yeah, I did the same uh flying back from Nepal to the states. It was like my grandmother had died. It was like a pretty it was a very last minute ticket and it was a lot cheaper for whatever reason to book that round trip ticket. And I also didn't know. I was like I might I just I was like maybe I might go back to Japan afterwards. I didn't know what I was going to want to do and it flew through Japan. And um, I had for completely forgot that I had even booked that. And someone called, like, the flight check-in or something called. They are like, ma'am, like, your flight is approaching for this. I was like, my what? Like, I didn't even remember I had booked it. I was like, oh, but I didn't take it. But, yeah, I love the overall advice. It's like, you know, yes, we always say book one-way tickets with the intention of, like, you probably won't get on a return flight. But I love this advice, which is sometimes it just happens to be cheaper to buy that return like the round trip, even if you don't get on it. So check which one. And also we've talked about this. Um, if there's a chance that you might return or you might want to get on that flight, let's say, or like, even if it's a multi-city, you're like, I might go to this country afterwards and it's $75 or hundred dollars more. If I book it all in this one ticket and then, you know, or it would be like $500 if I just booked it separately. Sometimes I just kind of gamble and I'll book something and then it's like, all right, well, I only lost $75 and I didn't get on it, but had I wanted to, it would have saved, you know, $425. So it's um, it's helpful just to kind of like play around with that and assume you won't get on it, but check out the different options of like what's cheapest to do. Okay, number four, this is actually one of my favorites. And I, I feel like it's actually the biggest money saving thing because you're a digital nomad. So with this, or if you're planning to become one, right? So number four is, be flexible with your destination. And this is what Jeff was just talking about where he was like gonna go to a country and was like, well, well, maybe not. So the way that people are used to booking flights, like if you're living the typical corporate life or you're a couple of weeks of vacation a year, you've got that destination in mind and you're like, all right, like I'm going there, ride or die, like this is where I wanna go and that's it. No matter, like you'll try to find the best price for what you can. But as a nomad, because you have years <laughs> and every month and every week to travel the world, you don't have to go to that place tomorrow because you could go the next month, three months from there. You could go next year when a flight price does make sense. So I would say actually like the biggest flight saving is all of all is just like if you can be flexible with which destination and by that, like which country you want to go to, which city you want to go to, um, you actually can save a ton of money. So with that as an example, um, I was in Mauritius last, yeah, last year. It feels like it was like five years ago. Um, I was in Mauritius last year. I was with our, uh, a friend of ours and we really wanted to go to Mozambique afterwards. I really wanted to go to Madagascar, but it was closed for COVID. <laughs> that was another story. So we had our hearts set on, on going to Mozambique. And as we looked at it, the flights were like twelve, thirteen hundred $1,300, like no matter how we sold it. And we were booking pretty last minute too. So as we were looking at different options, and we'll talk about how we found this, we ended up going to Namibia because it was, I think maybe South Africa was like the only thing cheaper, but my friend had already been and I was going afterwards. So we ended up in Namibia, had no plans to go there right then, but the flight, I think the price was like $400 three days from when we wanted to leave instead of $1,200. So we were like, all right, Namibia it is. <laughs> and it was one of my favorite adventures. It was epic. It was a cool country. So if you can leave yourself open to like flying somewhere you weren't expecting or going somewhere different in the meantime and going to that other place later, you can save, you know, hundreds, thousands of dollars in your year. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, I've done exactly the same thing. I was looking to yeah. come back from Cape Town and try yeah. to figure out, okay, where's the direct flights? What's the <laughs> cheapest ones? And I could have been anywhere. I'm going to talk about some of the some of the ways that I ended up choosing where I ended up, but it was the flexible me was like, okay, I could go to Belgium and that's going to be the cheapest thing. <laughs> and I could have a good time in Belgium for a week. So I ended up in Belgium right. for a week. And not, not this, like I did want to see Belgium, but it was mostly just like, oh, that made the most sense. Okay. Right. New adventure. Here we go. Onward right. to Belgium. 
New Adventure. I love yeah. that. Yeah, so it's kind of like the New Adventures. And I still haven't been to Mozambique yet, and I will <laughs> get there at some point, you know? So it's, yeah. it's yeah, it's just a, kind of part of the fun of, of digital nomad life, which is very different. It's just a different mindset and way of looking at things than you might mm-hmm. be used to. Um, and that's, yeah, again, back to that person's original question, which is like, how are you booking these like last minute things? It's like, well, sometimes you go somewhere different <laughs> than you yeah. intended or wanted to go. And it turns out better than you expected. Number five is playing around with the different airports that are next to each other. So a lot of times, a lot of times I'd say majority of the time, if you find a main hub, so like Frankfurt in Germany, like uh, Charles de Gaulle in in Paris, like the main hubs, the ones with the most flights coming in and out tend to be pretty cheap, but uh, you can find some smaller obscure airports nearby these main hubs a lot of times. And uh, you might not notice them unless you're looking for them, and they can be significantly cheaper. So an example is I was flying from the UK to Cluj in Romania, and flying out of uh, London Heathrow, it was really, really expensive. It wasn't a big deal flight. It was like a three-hour flight, something like that. And it turns out that there was a nearby airport. It was like a couple modular units, like you were your own security guard, like you checked yourself in, flew the flew the plane, uh, take care of your own bags and everything. And I think it was a couple hundred bucks cheaper. And I I just had to explore around. I was looking on a few maps to see what other airports were nearby. And it turns out that this smaller airport, which is kind of a benefit too, uh, going to a small airport because you don't have to deal with just insanity. You just walk in, check yourself in, and you're good to go. But it can... Oftentimes it can be cheaper. So yeah, I guess the tip on this one is take a look at the main hubs for sure because a lot of times they'll be cheaper. But also uh, you can see it in Google Maps, the nearby airports. So take take a look at the nearby airports and see if there's any cheaper deals because sometimes there will be. And if it's a smaller airport, it may end up being significantly less of a hassle because there's just fewer people in and out. And to add, I want to like extend on that, Jeff, because something I didn't realize until probably too many years into my nomad life is that not all regional airports and airlines are listed on Google flights. And I would say actually this probably is more about airlines than airports necessarily. But for example, if you're trying to get somewhere small today, I'm flying from Europe to Asia and I want to get to some obscure place. There's actually a lot of like small regional, um, both like in Africa, more so Africa, Asia, maybe some Europe as well, but these like small airlines that Google flights doesn't always pull in. So as Jeff said, you kind of have to find that main hub and then maybe just literally on Google maps, look and see like what other airports are around here. And then literally Google, like what, what, um, like airlines fly to this airport, because what you might find is, um, sometimes it'll look really expensive to have these main airlines or main carriers fly to where you think you need to go. But if you actually fly to Dubai nearby, let's say, and then find an obscure, like smaller Asia, um, airline, you can get like a really cheap $45 ticket from, you know, Singapore, Dubai to somewhere else or from, Malaysia, you know, it's from Kuala Lumpur to Bali or something that won't be listed on Google flights. So kind of find those hubs and then do your research of the other airports and airlines that are nearby to where you want to go to, because it's not like we say, start with Google flights for sure. But then you sometimes got to do a little digging. Yeah, no, it's really, really good point. We're looking from Buenos Aires to Mexico City. And I think it's it's an insane flight. Like It's apparently not. (laughs) It's not a common flight, I guess, for whatever reason. You yeah. think two main hubs, it would yeah, seem it's going to be yeah. pretty regular, right? Maybe I would think in my head, $300, $400, $500 one way, something like that would probably make sense. No, it's like $800 or $900. So some people did some research and found something off Google Flights that was like 300 bucks or something like that. So there's Amazing. yeah there's deals out there. It's, unfortunately, I don't I don't think there's a main resource center to figure out which these little airports are yeah. really really good deals. It's kind of a trial as you go. So this this tip is just do a little extra research into uh, other yeah. airports around there because you might you might find something good and just so yeah. like if you're starting at Google <laughs> Flights. 
just refine, yeah. refine, refine. I think is kind of the theme as yeah. we as we go through this. Who's who's next? Me or you? oh, you've got um, yours. Number six <laughs> is one I've never heard of. I'm excited to hear about this one. I love it. It's one of my favorites. So quickly before I get to number six, if you could take a second, if you haven't already done so, to if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or wherever you are, take your phone, open it up, and just click on the little five star <laughs> thumbs up. I don't know. Subscribe, follow, comment, whatever you do. But it takes literally five seconds. We've had some really great um, people adding to our our stars and subscribes and all of that, and it really helps the podcast grow helps us keep giving you all of this great information. So thank you so much for taking a second to do that. And with that, okay, so number six, I don't know why so many people still don't know of this. I kind of forgot about it for years and I, I do sometimes forget about it when even I'm booking. So I'm like gonna burn this in my brain to always remember because it, it has some of the best flight savings and it's a website called Skip Lagged. So that's uh, S-K-I-P-L-A-G-G-E-D. I think it's like, yeah. I want to say it's, see if that comes up for you, Jeff. I, let me know if I spelled that right. I'm going to do it on the fly because I, I do want to. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Check it out while, while I'm explaining it. Tell us what you find. So what this does is sometimes it's cheaper to basically with, if you, if you take uh, airlines that are competing, right? So I have an example where I was flying from Atlanta to Costa Rica once and the flight was something like six or $800, but I had friends who were flying from Michigan through Atlanta to Costa Rica. And because there was more competition, just different airlines that flew different routes from Michigan, they were able to find different flights. So what Skiplag does is basically, if you are saying like, uh, Atlanta is my end destination, there might be a cheaper way where Atlanta is the layover, but you just don't get on that last leg of the flight. So to break this down, this was probably two years ago, I was flying from Spain and I was trying to get back to Atlanta for a friend's wedding. And the price was like, I want to say it was like $800 for this flight. And then I went into skip lagged and it found a flight from, I think I was in Madrid, uh, through Atlanta. It was just like a layover through Atlanta and ended in New York. And it was something like $150 for that flight. And so I just didn't get on the leg, that last part from Atlanta to New York. If you are a rule follower, <laughs> this might freak you out because you will get all sorts of alerts. Like you are not allowed to not get on your last leg of the flight. Like it is illegal to do this or something. I don't know if they say the words illegal, but it's like against the quote rules, but you're not really going to get penalized. I think maybe if you flew every single flight with the same airline and did this over and over, maybe I'm like, who are they really watching to do this? I don't think so. I've never had any problems, but the last caveat with this, if you are doing this, and this goes back to one of my reasons, not the only reason, but why I love to travel with only a carry on and a backpack is because you can't check a bag if you are doing this because your bag will end up at the last destination. So please be mindful. <laughs> Don't forget this part. If you are traveling with big luggage, you cannot use this. And also you're saving money by not having to probably pay for luggage anyway. But also make sure, like, so when I travel with the carry-on, it's a pretty full carry-on. Some of those super small regional airlines uh, don't, you know, will make me check my bag because the overhead is really small or something. So you kind of have to go a step above and beyond with this one, where I remember when I flew that flight, that flight from Spain to Atlanta, I actually checked and made sure like, does this, you can look at the actual plane. This is like so many layers deep, but I had to actually Google like what plane is flying. What is that plane? Like, what are their like mm -hmm. air, their baggage rules? Like, is there room overhead? And I like to board the plane last and get there really late. But for this one, when I use this, I make sure <laughs> I'm like, on that plane Why? first in line. <laughs> you need to talk about Why that. What? Why oh, I want like to be the last aboard? Super late and the last. <laughs> my anxiety just went oh. up in that one second. <laughs> Why would you want to be late? <laughs> Well, I don't mean to be late, but I don't like to waste time like waiting in an airport for four hours. Like I'd like to just like walk on and walk on the plane if possible. <laughs> so I try to like avoid getting there super early. I'm giving Jeff a panic attack. We are not going to fly together. No, I'm, I'm a <laughs> very, a I like attack. to fly with the, the last minute. I'll just oh. let you go earlier. I'll meet God, you there no. late. Lounge and I like for to be two the last hours. Oh, yeah. I do like a good lounge. I know for international flights, you have to get there early. So I'm forced mm. to, to some extent. And I just don't like to be, you know, some people are like the first to board on a plane. I'm like, I don't want to sit on a plane longer than I have to. So I like to be like the last to board, figure out the seats. Like maybe there's an empty seat that's better because I'm the last, you know, there's, We'll get into that another day of, of other travel tips. But anyway, you want to make sure that you're like one of the first to actually board for these so that you 
don't like they don't you know end up checking your bag mm. last minute by the gate and all of that. So there's some caveats to this one, but you can save tons of money. And I'm curious what you saw when you were just on the website looking. This is great. Like I've already found. I was looking at the Buenos Aires to Mexico City one, and yeah, that's um, a good one. there's all kinds. The visualization of this is awesome. Yeah, like, we're not cool. we're not affiliates, but I think we should no. be getting some sort of cut right now because <laughs> I am really talking. Yes, it's you're great. Skip lagged. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it's so cool to see. It is really, yeah, it's a really good UX. It shows you clearly which airlines, what your layovers are, where the stops are, where yeah. you skip. This yeah. is, you've got all the filters on it. That's badass. I'm going to use this all the time. It's amazing. And it's been around. Their, their UX is even so much better than it used to be. It's been around for so many years. And it's like, I kind of like knew it way back when, like back when I lived in New York a decade ago. And now I kind of forget, I forget about it often. So again, these are reminders to ourselves as well to check. Like there's just so many tools and sometimes it's just not worth like spending 24 hours doing all of this research. But again, if you just kind of keep a couple of these things in mind, try them out, it can mm. be really helpful. So number seven is uh, using direct flight maps. So what I mean by that is looking into when you've, when you've figured out you know which of the airports you want to take say for example um you know i was talking about heathrow and then that nearby airport one of those airports might have direct flights to where you're going and the other one might not have direct flights to where you're going so you could be looking at the difference of a three-hour flight or eight hours with like a five-hour layover or something like that and i'm really i don't think anybody's a huge fan of layovers i I hate them and I can a a lot of times I'll make decisions based on where the direct flights are from where I'm going to or (laughs) if I'm going to go there just so I don't have to go through the whole layover process. (laughs) So it's it's really, really easy if you use uh, flightsfrom.com. It will you put in any airport that you want and it'll give you this map overlay and it'll show you uh, on the map everywhere that they fly to nonstop all the nonstop flights. So it can help with your decision-making process. It can help you figure out which airport to take. And a lot of times these nonstop flights will be a little cheaper than you know doing some zigzags back and forth and it might simplify your life. For me, it's, it's more of a, maybe not so much saving money and more of like simplify my life. Which airport's gonna give yeah. me the nonstop flight just so that I don't have to go through the hassle of you know going through three stops, bunch of layovers, all that kind <laughs> of stuff. So yeah, that's flightsfrom.com. Really, really helpful. And it's just like an easy map overlay. I've chosen countries based on this. It'll be like, <laughs> okay, I'm in Cluj. Cluj is pretty small, but it's an international airport. Um, so I was saying, okay, which, where are the direct flights? Boom, boom, boom. Easy. There we go. Okay. So this is where I'm going next because it's a nice, easy direct flight. Flights are cheap. Done deal. That's awesome. I've actually literally never heard of that website, never used that website. So I'm learning something. Today I don't think you Jeff. even necessarily that need that. It's a good one. You don't necessarily need that. Yeah. But if you just look up direct flight map, uh, there's a there's a few right. websites that do that, and you just uh, oh, cool. you go in there, plug in the airport that you're looking at, and boom, map overlay shows you everywhere that that particular airport uh, flies directly to. It is so useful, and like you said, maybe not as much for price sometimes price, but just for like we hate. <laughs> I mean, this is a caveat. Like we hate layovers. <laughs> like I will do anything to have a direct flight if I can help it. It just. Yeah, especially when you're flying international because it's probably going to go through some international, like a different country. And I feel like it's like my phone probably won't work there. During COVID times, I was like, do I need a COVID test? Do I need that? Like, it's just, there's, it's just more headaches on top of, I don't know, whatever else you're doing. So more chances for your bags to get lost or for you to miss a connection. Like, that's never fun. I love seeing those when you're in Google Flights. It's like 51 minute layover. You're like, oh no. <laughs> you, I could Would see you book a 51 minute layover. I think I have. But you know Ooh, when you see those ones. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah. Usually it's like coming back from Colombia to the States. For whatever reason, there's always a really tight layover in Panama. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's like, it looks great because you're signing up for a total of like nine hours of flying versus maybe like a five-hour layover. But yeah. I know in my mind, I'm running. I'm running because they cut it yes. really, really, really tight. I have tight. run in that Panama airport. Yep. <laughs> But I, I have a rule for myself. I typically will not do less than a two-hour two hour, um, layover if it's international. That is a rule I have for myself. I was, just ta- I was with a friend the other day. He was flying from uh, – he flew from Israel to Mexico. 
and had a layover in Germany. That was, I think, that same, like, 50 minutes. And Mrs. Flight had to stay another night. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Like, it's just, that's a rule. And when, it's, when it does work out, it's lovely. But, yeah, more often than not, you're just setting yourself up for a missed, a missed flight. And then you're just like usually waiting another day. So I don't like that. Okay, so number eight on the list, this is one of my favorites, is using Google Explorer or Kayak. There, there's a bunch of websites now that have some similar features, but basically, so before when we said like, you know, number one, start with Google Flights and then kind of like search for the place you wanna go and you're setting your, like your destination and booking things. This is more of like back to, I think it was number four where I said be flexible with your destination as kind of a rule. This is where I would actually go to check what destinations might be other alternatives. So if you go to Google, you can just put in where you are or where you know you will be in flying from. And it basically shows you, it's another one of those just like pretty UX designs where it shows you a map of the world and like all the little flight, like <laughs> little arcs, you know, and it has prices. So you say like, you can either put in a specific date that you know you wanna fly or time frame, or say like, I think I might wanna go somewhere in January or October or whatever. So again, very digital nomad friendly. And then it shows you during that time frame what prices are right now. So on a map, it'll be like, let's let's just say, so let's just pretend I'm in Atlanta and I wanna fly anywhere, right? I can look at a map and be like, oh, there's like Europe, it looks like everywhere is $1,200 flights, 1,300, 900, but then like $300 to France. Like, all right, I hadn't thought about going to France, but mm -hmm. like, that looks cool. Or you can say like, oh, I wanna go to Asia and we'll show you a map of like all the different countries. If you zoom in all the different cities, and the price of the flight like for that timeline. So it doesn't, it's not only direct flights like you were saying, it actually researches and finds all of the layovers, all the things, but it shows you um, like different flight prices in a really beautiful visual way. So you can like look all over the world and be like, huh, like hadn't thought about going there, but that looks yeah. like a cool flight price. Like I'm gonna do Maybe it. Maybe I'll so, spend three or four days there. Exactly. So it's kind of one of my favorite. It's somehow, you know, we, we did an episode, I feel like it was several weeks ago or maybe a month or so ago, how we choose destinations that we go to. And one of them, we mentioned vaguely like flight prices. And so this is more tangibly like how sometimes we're choosing destinations is, is like just looking at a map like that. And I feel like this just, amplifies the beauty of the freedom that you have as a digital nomad because if i think back to my corporate days like there's no way i would have just been like where in the world do i want to go i was like i got a specific place because i only have 10 days and you know my whole year and i've been dying to get to this destination but now i'm like well here's a cheap flight to this place like hadn't thought about going to honduras this week but like all right you know and maybe i'll get to that other place i want to go later this year or next year like doesn't matter because you have all the time and freedom in the world. And again, I've mentioned this before, like sometimes those end up being the coolest, best experiences, mostly because you have zero expectations. You just kind of ended up there. So it's like, it can only exceed what you, because you haven't thought of anything. So I don't know, I love to live this way. If you're listening to this and we sound insane because you've never traveled this way, like welcome, buckle up. <laughs> it's the beauty of digital nomad life. And I know it, it might sound like you guys have lost your mind. People don't really travel this way, but once you get a remote job and you can be living this way, you really can do all of these too. So yeah, have you never, you've never looked at that way, Jeff? No, no, I've, well, I've never wow. used, I think in, I've used the same mindset, but I've never used a tool like that. Like it's, that it's, tool Yeah, that's super tool. cool. It's kind of, it makes me think of uh, Airbnb when they've, they've got yes. like a feature on there too, or it's just like pick anywhere and they just show you yeah. cool places. You're like, oh, well, <laughs> I could go there. Why not? Never thought about that tree yeah. house in a mountain, but yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought about living yeah. in a tree house for a week. That sounds pretty good. Number nine is Hopper. So this is going to bring us back to like more in the lines of flight alerts type of type of apps. And it is an app for your phone. And basically what you do is you plug in where you're coming from, where you're going, and it'll show you on this, this really nice visualization of a calendar and it's color coded. So it'll show you red to green on like how overly expensive certain times are and how cheap other times are. So for example, you could be looking at like, I'm thinking about going to Peru at some point in December and you might see uh, the first week is all red. Like, that's really, really expensive that time to go. Um, but the second week is all green for whatever reason. I don't know right. the 
the airline gods decide that certain <laughs> times are really cheap and certain times are really expensive. But you don't know because you're not looking at these every day like these apps are crunching yeah. all this data saying, okay, historically, this is a really cheap time. And when you plug it in, it'll tell you, you should book now because it's going yeah. to go up by, and it'll tell you the average price amount. It's going to go up by 150 bucks in the next week or something. Or you should wait two weeks because right now, for whatever reason, who knows, uh, you know, jet fuel might be really expensive. You, right. Who knows why? But it'll incorporate that in and it'll say book in two weeks because it's going to get a lot cheaper. And same, right. like kind of like Google Alerts. It'll just Google send you push notifications too, yeah. to your phone. Yeah, it'll be like, you need to book now. Like all of a sudden prices just drop. It's probably not <laughs> going to hang I've done it before. I, I was flying uh, to, where was I flying? Flying to Germany. And I think the ticket mm-hmm. was around 900 bucks. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, it dropped to 530 bucks for yeah. like, an hour. I was just like, boom, just bought it. And then sure enough, it went straight back up to 900. So it's like, wow. yeah, yeah. It's, it's so it's, satisfying it's, when you win oh, that game. <laughs> so, so satisfying. Because I'm not always winning that game. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it's really, really, really satisfying. Especially if this is one of those ones like where you're talking about being a little bit more flexible. You know, like yeah. being flexible with where you're going and, and maybe what you're going to talk about next because it might not land exactly on the day yeah. that you have in mind. So, yeah, yeah. really, really helpful. H-O-P-P-E-R.com. And also... I've literally uh, never used it. Yeah, it was probably the first one that I used. It's just po- whatever reason popped up on my radar. And hopefully this helps you guys listen. Like, you do not have to go through all 11 or my 12 bonus every time you book a flight. Like, Jeff and I are telling each other ones that, like, we actually, I didn't even know about. So don't feel overwhelmed. Kind of, like, maybe listen to this again when you're going to book a flight next and try a couple things. But you can drive yourself crazy. Part of this for me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of research and then just book something like because I don't want to spend 18 hours a day researching this and with that also when you were talking about seasonal stuff too or just surprise like you don't know why something's more expensive sometimes for example like Costa Rica which I, I just I know really well like in the around the holidays you know Christmas time New Year's stuff like that is it's way more expensive not just for um like hotels and houses but flights actually are more expensive because everybody's going that time but then also in March it's a big um, spring break destination for a lot of like kids and you know families with kids in school but if you're from another country and you're not thinking about this or you're a nomad without kids you'd be like why is this flight so expensive right now but if you just waited until you know after the spring break season it might go down again or for example I remember flying into Romania or doing stuff like there was a huge music festival that was around the time we were going and it's like flights were more expensive so sometimes you don't know why but using these types of tools it's just like oh if I just you might think it's just expensive to go there but it might just be that time and so using these can tell you better times to book so oh yeah was there something else you're gonna add oh yeah no to that point um looking at flights one way to colombia from sfo to medellin Mm -hmm. looking at if you go before january 1st the flights are around 600 bucks after that we're looking at flights that are like 197 bucks so like yeah play around with the calendars a little bit because it's like sometimes it's less about where you're flying to and how what the distance is and more about when you're flying and how popular that yeah. destination is at the time. We didn't really look, I mean, we kind of said be flexible a little. I guess I'll talk about that now. I'll, I'll kind of lead into this next one with it, which is be flexible with, I said kind of your day of the week, but also your your week of the month, your month, is just be flexible with your timing in general. And one of my favorites, when I start, so again, as we talked about Google, um, using Google Flights, one of my favorite, most satisfying things to do in booking flights is like, because we are so flexible with our timing, I put in a destination and you can kind of, click like the calendar and it will show you every day like in in the little squares of each calendar day what that price is so it might be like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is like 795, 745, 700, 700 and then like like this one random Tuesday it's like $340 and I was like I don't know why but like I can fly on that Tuesday why not you know so there's nothing more satisfying to me than when I can like be really flexible with my dates and times and days of the week and things like that and using I like to use Google Flights for this kind of first look of it 
but you can use, there's so many tools we just talked about, but check out different days that you're flying. So again, most people, when I think about my corporate days, when I was, you know, living in New York and working for, you know, a, a big corporation where I had to be in an office Monday through Friday, typically, you know, I was always flying on a Saturday or a Sunday, but trying to fly on a Saturday to maximize my time and flights are usually more expensive on those days. But because when you have the flexibility to not be in an office and travel any day, night, morning, week that you want, you can be way more flexible. So not only just saying like, oh, I might go two weeks later because it's cheaper, but also like on a Wednesday instead of a Saturday or whatever. So be really flexible. And again, I love looking at that Google Flights calendar little drop down to see, it just shows you like in such a beautiful, I love Google's UX, thank you Google, um, to see like what the best day or time to go. And like, for example, when I just booked my flights, I was in Mexico. The last couple of weeks, I was I was totally flexible about when I went. I knew I had a friend's wedding on a, it was actually on a Sunday, but I wanted to go a couple days in advance, but it didn't matter to me when. So I think I went on a Wednesday and I actually ended up flying back on a Wednesday too, because the price, it, like it just made sense. And I was like, okay, you know, why not? I'll, I'll do my work day and then hop on a flight afterwards. It doesn't matter. The tip is almost like fly on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. It's, it's always. <laughs> yeah, it it's actually, that's always true. cheaper. And also, uh, I did a little research on this. For those of you who are not a big fan of waiting in the TSA security lines, Tuesdays and Wednesdays yeah. are the least common time to travel. And you'll have yeah. generally the lowest uh, wait when going through security. So if that's yeah. a consideration. Because you have all of the, um, like most business people are flying Monday and then either Thursday yeah. or Friday. And then all the that's other fun. normal normal corporate office people are flying Saturdays and Sundays or holidays or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's usually that Tuesday, Wednesday time where it's just the lines aren't as bad, the flights are cheaper just because not as many people are flying on those days. And when you get that remote job and you can live as a digital nomad, then you can fly on Tuesdays and Wednesdays too. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Nothing like walking through an airport ghost town. It's all yours. Yeah, not bumping into people. Oh, it's such a good feeling. It's amazing. You will. Apparently, you won't do that, but I I will not. I will not. You'll be on your own. (laughs) Uh, I'm happy to. I stress myself out sometimes those last minutes, but I do it every time. Um, (laughs) It makes no sense. Uh, With that, so I know we had originally planned for 11. I've got a quick bonus number 12 at the end. But Jeff, what was number 11? Yes, number 11 is sometimes it makes more sense rather than to take connecting flights with layovers to just book in legs. So just book one-way tickets to specific places um, and then book another one-way ticket. So that that could mean that you book a one-way ticket and you're like, okay, I might want to actually stay a couple days here. It just... It makes yeah. sense. Like, uh, it's just the cheap. It's a cheap one-way flight. You looked at your map that shows where all the direct flights are to, and that particular place, like somewhere you never hung out before. So you might spend two, three days there because you've got that flexibility as a digital nomad, which is awesome. And then you go onward yeah. with your next one-way flight because for whatever reason, sometimes it's che- cheaper to do it that way. I don't know why. Again, I don't know the reason. <laughs> we we we're not the experts. We already. Through no. that caveat, and we don't know the whys of these things. We just know no. that it happens. So sometimes, yes. if you just you know what your destination is, um, just take a look at where the stops are. If it is like a multi-segment type of flight, and consider the different routes. Maybe staying in one of those locations and then booking a one-way flight. Or the alternative is I've also done same-day one-way tickets. Right, so I'll fly nonstop to one place, and then I'll buy another one-way ticket that continues to my destination that's just connecting like two hours later. And for whatever reason, yeah. buying it like that as individual separate flights is cheaper than yeah. uh, buying it as one package where you just buy yeah. yeah, where you buy it all the way through. Uh, have you done yeah. that before? I've done that a lot. So one caveat and then one tip for the travel stuff. Um, the caveat when you do that, if you book them separately, make sure you have an even longer layover, probably, especially if it's in a foreign country than you otherwise would. Because when you book it all through you know, one airline or one ticket, you can keep going through the airport and they're aware that like you are there and doing that. But when you book them separately, you usually have to get your bags, go through customs, leave, come back in. So if you're like, oh, an hour, you know, Uh, layover great you absolutely will not make it like you won't even be probably through customs and back in so it can be a pain if you're doing it like in those layovers and um, I did that for example that flight I talked about from Mauritius to Namibia we booked a one-way flight to South Africa um, to Johannesburg because that was the cheapest and then had to like leave go in 
come back, you know, go through customs, check back in, and then fly that same day from Johannesburg to um, Windhoek in Namibia. So it, it can be a little bit of a pain, but sometimes it's it's just so worth it for the savings. So that's if you decide to do it all in one day, make sure you're aware of that. And then enjoying that layover. I've done that several times um, going to different countries. I think the first time I did that, I was flying from Israel to Greece and there was a layover through Cyprus. So there was a morning flight and a night, like I got in the morning, left at night and like spent the whole day in Cyprus, which I had never been to at the time. Um, I've done that for here. I was flying through the Middle East somewhere to a country. I never, I can't remember what country it was from Oman. I was flying through Dubai and there was some layover. Um, where was it? I'll have to look at my maps while, while we're doing the next one, but you get to explore countries or, um, do a layover that maybe it's like, basically you're just getting to explore a country for free. Like if you want to stay a day or two, there's even some countries, um, like I think Qatar does this. I want to say maybe the UAE does this. I can't remember which ones. There's a couple of countries in the Middle East because they are such like hubs for uh, layovers and overnight flights, and they can basically get money for you to explore their country. They will sometimes pay for your hotel to stay that night if you extend and do that 24-hour hmm. layover, and you can explore cool. their country. So yeah, it's it's really, really neat. Cool. And if you again, these are just kind of things you have to know and Google and and take advantage of. But it's a cool way to like see a country for free, essentially. If you you know it's only a day, you might not see too much of it, but you get to yeah see if you want to go back there, basically. So. That's what I have to add to that one. Like a little trial version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. And maybe it's just somewhere you, you wouldn't get back to. So with that, the last one I want to add is our bonus number 12. This is a weird one that I almost never remember to do, but it does help. Um, is using a VPN when you book uh, from a different country. So I forget where I was. I was somewhere in, I think I was, I was in Europe somewhere booking a flight. I don't know, somewhere else. <laughs> I can never remember. Um, but wherever I was, I think I was like in Lithuania or something trying to book a flight and it showed it was, you know, it was maybe $400 flight, let's call it. And then I used a VPN from that country of like where the airlines were from, or sometimes you just put in the US or put in like Italy, put in a random country it will actually be a different flight price. Like it simply by it thinking this is where, yeah, airlines, airlines are like, they're tricky. They get real. So it might just be a country that maybe people don't have as much income. Right. And it's like they're, they will literally just give cheaper flights like from that country. If they think that you're there potentially, I'm sure there's other reasons I don't know about. Sometimes it's just like, if you're in the airlines, if it thinks you're in the country of like that hub of that, airline or carrier, whatever it is. I'm sure there's a billion different reasons I don't know, but play around with the VPN. So whether you're at home booking it or you're in a different country, try around, like just try a few different countries. So you set your VPN as if you're in a different country than you're in, search for that exact same flight. And sometimes it will literally be a different flight price just when like it thinks your IP address is in a different place. It's wild. You can save hundreds of dollars doing this sometimes. Would you do this on the actual airlines page or would you do this like on Google Flights or Kayak? Either way. Either way. Yeah, so wherever you are, um, that's a good question actually. Yeah, it seems like it would make a difference if it was like on the airlines website or, or Google. So I don't know, but play around with it. So like right now, if you're in Mexico and you're gonna book a flight, you know, you're looking for flights, like you said, from Argentina to Mexico later, try it in Mexico where you are, try your VPN in the US, try your VPN in Argentina, and then try your VPN in like India and somewhere else and like see if flight prices change. It's not always the case. It doesn't work 100% of the time. I've tried it, but I have actually found like $100 cheaper booking it this way. Well, it only takes a couple seconds. It's worth it. Just flipping a switch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's wild because again, it's just like there's it that takes a couple seconds, right? But then when you pair it with like the 12 other things you've already tried and spent three hours doing, sometimes you're just like, I don't have one more bit of like energy in me to try one other hack. Like I've already used four of them and I'm tired and I've been researching for four hours. But again, if it's, I don't know, it, it can make a difference. So if you have the energy and the bandwidth to try a couple of these things compounded on one another, this is how we do it guys. <laughs> and we're not always perfect. We are not the flight hackers. We are not the points people. There are, I feel like people can spend days like hacking this system and it just takes, it's like a full-time job, really and truly, if you really want to get into all of it. So 
I don't like to do that. I know you don't like to do that, but we do like to be smart. And so you can try a couple a couple of these tips and um, just kind of see what works for you. I've had a few of my friends explain the inner workings Point of typing. all the miles and, and points and stuff. Uh, it just goes right over yeah. my head. Like I just get... Yeah. Yeah, I just get my eyes glaze <laughs> over and I just retain none of it. It's just Same. it's just so much I don't want to. Like and I think I most people either. don't want to. Some the people that find the game in it, the joy in it, sure. Yeah. Like there's some people that just love deals and they love figuring yeah. out how to I just want to get a flight that's not too yeah. expensive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is for you guys that who are in that camp, and if there are yes. people that that want the flights experts, let us know, and we've got yeah. a few. We'll bring them on. Yeah, we have some friends who we travel with who love the game and, and work um, for credit card companies and writing about this kind of stuff. So yeah, they they exist. We can have them distill it down into human language and, and try to make <laughs> it so it's it's digestible. If that's of interest, yeah. write us in hello at beachcommute.com. Let us know if yeah. that's. We have friends that have, like, I feel like have opened, like, 11 different credit cards with every airline to get the sign-up points and all. I'm like, I just I don't want to do it. I, I don't. But people do love it, so we, we can talk about it. And I do, I will say, we didn't talk about this one, but I do, you know, it is smart to have an account with all the airlines and the partner airlines and keep track of miles in general. So I will book flights with miles every now and then. Um, I do use them, but I'm not like, again, there's ways where it's like, if you book it with this miles for like this partner airline and transfer your points and do it on a Tuesday at 10 PM. And I'm like, no, I just, I won't. So do sign up for like, get your miles. I do book flights with miles when it makes sense, but it's just, it's, it's a lot. So yeah. Any other last thoughts for this one, Jeff? No, I think that's that's everything that I've used plus some. So I, with these tips, yeah, like I said, don't go through all of them maybe. But like yeah. with these tips, I, I think you'll probably find a better deal. And oh, maybe yeah. last thought. You don't need to book mm. four months in advance. I'm think, reflecting back yeah. on past me before I was traveling, thinking, oh, my yeah. God, my trip's coming up in three months. I better get these tickets in. <laughs> it's like sometimes it really yeah. it doesn't make it. Like if you go through all the things that we talked about, these are better tricks than booking early booking early does a lot of times does not equate to cheaper i mean there's we talked about this earlier like the cutoff point is somewhere around one to two weeks beforehand i think probably about two weeks beforehand it starts prices start going up but it's not like the old days of when you're going on that one one time a year vacation where you're like oh my god i gotta book these six months in advance that's just yeah kind of not a thing it's a little bit of a misnomer i don't know if it changed Maybe it was that way back in the past. Right. I, I, I wouldn't know, but it's it's definitely not the case now. So you don't have to have it in your head where, like, I have to have these things booked well, well in advance because it's just not. Yeah. And I will say oftentimes, like, you can find slightly better deals if you were to book a month or two in advance. But I think as you and I look at our lifestyle and maybe, you know, your lifestyle is a digital nomad once you start, you it's like I'm willing to sacrifice paying a little bit higher flight prices for the freedom of not locking myself in to places. So I think that my message would be, yes, you might find it might be $150 cheaper to book this flight two months in advance than what you're going to find three weeks in advance. But like, maybe you're not going to want to go on that flight. So you're just wasting all that money. So it's it's kind of a trade off there, but you can still find decent flight prices two to three weeks in advance. And sometimes when you book way in advance, it's not even the cheapest. Like I'm going to Costa Rica in January with some friends and they booked their flights. They all booked them, I don't know, maybe like a month ago because they're all, it's like friends from back home and they're like actually planning in advance and doing things. And then several days ago, my friend is, she actually like likes to look at things. She had an alert set and saw that it dropped and they actually were all able to change their flights uh, and get cheaper ones closer to, you know? So it's, you just never know what you'll get. Flights are all over. So we like to use these little hacks that you know when you are getting a good deal or you can be flexible to find the good deals, basically. Well, with that, we will see you again next week. Thanks for joining us. And if you have any show suggestions, uh, hello at beachcommute.com. Chat to us about travel. We love talking about it. Yep, and beachcommute.com slash email. If you haven't already signed up for our email list, we send out info about our new podcast every week and two remote jobs. Lots of good info. Jeff and I share a lot of our more personal like travel pictures and stories that you don't get on the podcast. So it's always fun. Uh, We love our email subscribers. And with that, yeah, we'll see you next week. 